Hello and welcome back to the Head by Tag podcast. My name is Zoe Langley-Wathen and I am your host. This is a relatively new show and I, I hope if you're here for the first time that you will consider hitting that follow button in your podcast app because we need to get as many subscribers and followers as we possibly can to grow the show. I'm really excited today because we're going to be talking to Sarah Williams, who is the founder of Tough Girl Challenges and the host of the amazing Tough Girl podcast. It's a really powerful episode. And although we're two friends and we giggle a lot and we have a little bit of a chatter here and there, we do go into some deeper stuff. And Sarah gives some really strong messages of how to look at fear and how to reframe it. We discuss why so many women seem to be hesitant to adventure and where that fear might actually come from. And Sarah talks about her passion for wanting to set up Tough Girl Challenges and the podcast way back six, seven years ago now. And I asked her about who her role models are, and that was a really fascinating part of the conversation. So I hope you'll stick with us to listen. Uh, Today here is a beautiful, beautiful day. It's September. It's the 7th of September and we have just got the hottest weather at the moment and the tops of the trees are changing and there's hardly a breeze out there. The canal is still. We've had some dog barking issues. So I will say, you know, you might hear birds tweeting and that probably isn't a problem. But if you get some interruptions partway through the recording, I apologise because there was a bit of a dog pack issue out on the towpath partway through the recording. So yes, without further ado, I'm going to head off into the introduction. Okay, well, welcome everybody to another episode of the Head Right Out podcast. I am so excited today. I can't begin to tell you. I have got a very good friend of mine, uh, an inspirational lady and all-round adventurer, challenge, inspirer. She is an author. She's an award winner. I'm going to go through her bio in a minute, but we have got Sarah Williams, the host of the Tough Girl podcast and founder of Tough Girl Challenges here. So good morning, Sarah. Sarah. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. So I am going to introduce you because I just felt all of the things that you have achieved over the last six or seven years just needs to be acknowledged. And I don't want to miss anything out for certain. I'm, I'm getting ready to be embarrassed <laughs> so and ready to cringe. It's a very British thing. Like, oh my God, okay, I'm ready so for you, it. You've okay. got to Keep soak this up and enjoy. <laughs> So Tough Girl Challenges was started in 2014 as a way of motivating and inspiring women and girls. My mission is to increase the amount of female role models in the media with a focus on women who do adventures and undertake big physical challenges. I am the host of the two times award winning Tough Girl podcast where I interview inspirational female explorers, adventurers, athletes and everyday women who have overcome great challenges. The podcast is listened to in 174 countries around the world and has passed 1.8 million downloads. Based on monthly downloads, the Tough Girl podcast is in the top 15% of podcasts globally. I completed the Marathon de Saab in April 2016. That's six marathons in six days across the Sahara Desert. In 2017, I threw hiked the Appalachian Trail solo and unsupported. That's 2,190 miles in 100 days, which I also daily vlogged. In 2018, I cycled over 4,000 kilometers from Vancouver, Canada, via the Pacific Coast Highway to Cabo San Lucas in Mexico. I have a master's in women and gender studies from Lancaster University, 2018, with my dissertation focusing on women, adventure and fear. I'm a qualified yoga instructor and personal trainer, 2019. In September 2019, I walked the Camino Portuguese 675 kilometers from Lisbon, Portugal to Santiago de Compostela in Spain. And that was sponsored by Challenge with Cicerone. I ended the year by walking the Lycian Way in Turkey. In 2020, I started in Australia walking the Overland Track in Tasmania. And now, to celebrate the six-year anniversary of the Tough Girl podcast, I am undertaking six UK-based challenges, the Tough Girl Adventure Series, also sponsored by Cicerone. And they include, and we're going to talk about these in a moment, the Anglesey <laughs> Coastal Path, 
the South Downs Way, the Pilgrim's Way, the West Highland Way, climbing Ben Nevis and walking the Great Glen Way. Wow. And you were smiling and we were like, yo, yay, yay. <laughs> <laughs> this is such a wonderful, awesome list of achievements. And I feel inspired. I have to say, Sarah, I all the way through, I've been following you since we met in 2014. Or was it 15? I don't know. 2015. Anyway. Yes, yes, expert, 15. Yeah. That's right. Yes. And I've always found you to be somebody who who inspires me. You're almost like a mentor from afar. And each time I see you developing and growing through these challenges and activities that you're doing and and your master's in women and gender studies that absolutely fascinated me because you are delving deeper into the area that you're interested in so the area you're interested in tell us more what is it that so you're... I'm actually getting emotional like yeah. I feel, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna start crying soon it's like oh my goodness so yeah where does Sarah Williams come from what is it that you're interested in why why <laughs> Oh my God, the why, the big question. Mm. I think I've always been fascinated by the motivation and the inspiration side of things in, in sort of that personal self-development. So I was always obsessed with like Tony Robbins and reading The Secret. And I used to apply it to my life when I worked in banking down in London. So that was like a big part of me. And I think one of the things that I noticed when I was in banking was just A, like how male dominated it was and obviously all the sexism and misogyny and everything else that was going on. But maybe I don't, I don't think I really understood when I was 24, 25 about what I was experiencing. And I think the other side of my personality was doing these quite extreme things to shock people, like wanting to run marathons or to doing these like these tough mother races or, you know, the obstacle course races and people being like, oh, but you're so you're so girly and you're so feminine and you love the color pink and yet you like running ridiculous distances and and doing these sort of crazy challenges. And I sort of realized in my early 30s that I needed to make some changes in my life. And obviously, I'm more than happy to talk in more detail about that. But to, to cut the long story short, I ended up leaving my job in banking in 2013, didn't know what I wanted to do with my life ended up going traveling, spending time in Australia, heading over to Kilimanjaro to go and climb Kilimanjaro, spent some time in South America. And I think for the first time in a long time, I really started asking myself these important questions. What is your why? How do you want to spend your life? Like, what do you want the next 10, 20 years to look like? You know, when you are on your deathbed, looking back over your life you know what do you want to have experienced and I'd never really thought about it so much I'd always just been on this path and just following this journey and this route like I was on a river but I didn't know where I was going I hadn't really thought it all through when I was over in South America I finally got this time to think and reflect and to really dig deeply into these subjects and for me that involved like a lot of journaling a lot of writing and to be honest a lot of like internal self-reflection which sounds wishy-washy but many people don't spend that time getting to know themselves and I asked myself those questions and for me it was about this travel and, and exploration and it was about challenging myself and it was about adventure but on the flip side of that it was the motivation and the inspiration and I wanted to encourage other young women and, and other girls and and I knew that I was very fortunate you know I've always been a confident person and when I was 18 I went traveling um, a lot of it solo by myself through like Southeast Asia Australia New Zealand and Camp America And I think that really sort of helped me positively in the business world. And I remember just interacting with a lot of women who maybe didn't necessarily have that confidence to go after things. And I couldn't really understand it. And I wanted to help them to take that next step to be more confident and to embrace challenge and to, you know, to say yes to different experiences. Because I've never had a problem of saying, yes, like you want to go traveling. Yes, you want to bungee jump. Yes, you want to, you know, jump out of a plane and skydive. Yes. Like I would always say, yes and want to experience these mm. um these opportunities and that's how tough girl challenges came together it, it was you know my love of adventure and challenge and wanting to, to inspire women and girls and it's definitely been a journey as it's evolved like I'm I'm sure I've mentioned you know I started initially blogging and you know nobody read my blog not even my mum because she wasn't even technical and you know as I went on and did more things I eventually started the podcast and started sharing more voices and started taking on more personal challenges like you read out so it's definitely been this very sort of long and wide journey and I, and I almost want to say at this point as well I, I almost hate for people it's very easy I think for now for people to look at my life and just be like oh it's easy for Sarah she's off doing these adventures and challenges and she's being sponsored and she's got these millions of downloads and but actually I started with 
zero. You know, I didn't know anything. I built my website. I didn't know how to podcast. I learned it all on this on this journey over the past seven years. And it's been seven years of consistency, seven years of hard work, seven years of dedication, like, you know, the ups and the downs and the setbacks and the obstacles and the challenges and the barriers and the the sacrifices and everything else that's got on that maybe people don't necessarily see. So it hasn't always been this smooth journey of just like oh I want to become an adventurer and a motivational speaker and you know travel the world and do adventures so um. I think I think that's what's always struck me about you Sarah is that your commitment your absolute drive and commitment to what you do and what you believe in is there you show up every day there's never any oh I don't feel well today or I'm 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 too tired or or if there is you tell us <laughs> on on Instagram stories <laughs> which is great <laughs> but you still I'm having a pajama day <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> but you still show up and and you are still so committed and I think those six seven years of hard work is absolutely clear you know, you don't get to where you are now without having worked through that. What I'm interested in, actually, is that you said you've always been resilient, you've always been confident. Maybe you didn't say resilient, but you said you've always been confident. Now, you worked in a a very male-dominated environment in banking, I'm assuming. And did you find that that toughened your resilience, your mental resilience, or were you already resilient prior to that? I think it's to be honest, I think it almost broke me. Like um Really? Yeah. Like I think I was confident. I think a lot of it had to do, you know, with my parents, like being part of sporting teams. You know, I, I, I was privately educated and there is something about privately educated. You do just build the the confidence and the network and, and the connections with it. And I think traveling solo really helped me. And I and I would think to myself, so if I if I was in a tough situation in like a business meeting or whatever, and it's just me, youngest female, everyone else is male, white in their 40s. And I was thinking I'm gonna have to have some difficult conversations. I'd always reflect back and think, Sarah, you can handle this. You traveled the world when you were 18. You can handle this. And I don't like stuff like that. So it was always sort of building on experiences and everything else. But I think my resilience and my toughness did almost break me because I couldn't understand why I wasn't happy Mm. when I was giving it my all. And from the outside, everyone else thought that I should be happy with, with what I was doing. And I don't know if people work normal jobs like you know do a nine to five or or, well mine was more like six to eleven but you have these like Sunday night blues where you're literally just like you know I was worrying and anxious about the week ahead what do I need to do what do I need to achieve what have I got to get done I've got so much time to do it and it was almost this cycle that you were trapped in week by week month by month and then year by year and I wanted to tough it out you know why wasn't I tough why couldn't I handle it why to be honest, I felt like a massive failure when I left. I thought, you know, I obviously can't hack it in this world. But it was more about, I suppose, my my mental health. Like the more I reflect, I think, I think as I've as it's further in the distance, it's easier to look back with more of a sort of discerning eye and be like, actually, not. I was really very, very unhappy, and I, I'm so glad I left. I just don't know where I'd be. So yeah, I think it almost broke me. <laughs> Did you? In going off, because you then decided to travel, you must have had a, a period where you were almost making friends with yourself or re refinding yourself because you just said that you felt like a failure. You were mentally broken, but you had come to feel like you were a failure because you weren't meeting whatever you were supposed to be meeting that was just completely impossible. So, yeah, did you in those travels get to a point where you refound yourself? I did, but it probably took me until after the Appalachian Trail. Okay. That, I know that's, that, that sounds like a really long time. Mm. I, you know, so I left my job in 2013. It wasn't until probably the end of 2017 where I, I don't know, started to sort of accept myself. Mm. And I think the key reason for that is that deep reflection time that I got on the Appalachian Trail, being out in nature every day. Mm. you know while camping night after night you know not showering for nine days pushing your body you know really physically very very hard but also it was this quality time to really think because I was I was still reflecting on myself and I think I definitely after I left work I felt so lost like what am I going to do with my my life and I didn't have a purpose and I think for me figuring out the mission with Tough Girl Challenges you know to motivate and inspire women and girls I suddenly had this very clear picture of the mission of what I wanted 
to do what my purpose was going to be. But getting to know myself and really know myself, like what am I actually like? What are you know what drives me? What are you know the previous experiences which I needed to ref- really reflect back on and, and really do a lot of deep self analysis? To be honest, and I think sometimes this it, this can be a very scary thing because a lot of people don't like being alone with their own thoughts and having to actually mm. process it. For me, I found it just empowering where walking every day, just letting these situations ruminate through my head and, you know, how I responded, how I acted, things which had happened to me, which had impacted on me and, you know, made me feel upset or unworthy or worthless or, you know, like a failure and managing to work through all of that and get to that point. And this will sound wishy-washy, but where you, where I really, I know myself, I love myself, not in that, not in that arrogant you know oh I, I love myself I love myself but as in deep down like I know my value I know my worth I know what I'm doing and I'm just very comfortable being me and mm. you know being very comfortable I suppose as well with the decisions that I have made and embracing them and because there was this element where I was like I was embarrassed by what I was doing you know what well, what are people going to think of me what if I fail what you know people are going to judge me because I used to have this high-flying career and then now I'm suddenly sleeping in the woods and I want to be an adventurer and I want to be a motivational speaker and I was worried and scared about other people's judgments but now I've got to that point where it's like that other people's judgments of me have actually nothing to do with me at all. And I'm the one who's got to live with myself. So it, yeah, it took a long time, but actually the Appalachian Trail was really key for that. Like those three months of walking and deep, deep thinking and processing was really powerful for me like cringy as it is to say but life-changing yeah. really really it's, a life-changing experience yeah. that is profound that is absolutely yeah. profound and because I don't know about you but I had never experienced that level of solo solo company that sounds bizarre but yeah that time with myself when I was walking my first long distance walk and yeah that time with yourself is completely something that you haven't experienced before and you don't realize at the time perhaps that you're going to come away feeling differently acting differently with a a different perspective on your life and like you say you use those deep analytical moments I found my I call it my outdoor medicine now but I find that time in the outdoors is massively helpful for problem solving so if I've got you know, something that I'm trying to figure out, my head's not clear, or I'm writing, and I'm not quite sure what I'm going to be writing next, I can just go and walk and just keep my head empty. And then all of a sudden, those answers will just filter through. And it's the longer walks that that seems to happen on not the going out for a day, although it is still helpful, but it's the longer walks that is the real deep dive in. And it sounds like that's what the Appalachian Trail did for you. Hundred percent. I wow. totally agree. Like the outdoor medicine. Yes, 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 yes. I want. I always want everybody to experience this. You know, like go on a long distance walk, multi day hike mm. and adventure, and just be alone. Know that you can survive and get through it. It's because it's so empowering, and that's how you build that confidence. Knowing that you can go out there and look after yourself, and you don't mm. need to rely on anybody else. You've got the tools and the skills to do it. Wow. Yeah, absolutely that. (laughs) So why are so many women in particular, do you think then, scared of trying adventure, going on an adventure? I know you've perhaps touched on this area in your master's as well. I'm just keen to know where the fear comes from. I think think it starts from a really young age, actually. It's sometimes Mm. drilled into girls, you know, protect yourself don't go out there be careful in the dark don't do this don't do that and it's almost like these micro aggressions these micro comments like I've I still get comments now like oh aren't you scared of doing it by yourself and oh you know this is like walking in England or something or you know fly you know going traveling and so people's comments can get into your head and people don't realize that you're almost like socially conditioned from quite a young age to behave and act a certain way and not put yourself in these like risky challenging situations and it's really difficult to be strong enough to break out of that mold and that's not to say that I'm not scared when I go on adventures and challenges because you do have to follow your gut instinct but men just don't understand this but as a woman traveling when I even even on where was I was on the South Downs way and I was looking for so much wild camp and a guy had walked past me and then he'd walked past the other way. 
And I'm now in my head thinking, well, I can't stop now. I've got to keep on walking. And so he's ahead of me. And I actually, I filmed him because I thought, well, I don't know who he is. So I ended up filming him from behind. So people would have a record if something did happen. Like This is what goes through my head. I had to keep on walking. He pulled to the side to fiddle with his shoelace. Then now I'm ahead of him, which to me felt like this psychological game. So he's behind me. I can't stop walking. I've already walked 20 miles with a heavy backpack. And now I'm having to like speed up, go faster, you know, to get to get ahead. And there's this constant awareness that you need to have. Like even in um, when I was cycling out to the coast highway and in Mexico, I, I sort of met two guys and ended up sort of cycling um, a little bit of Mexico with them. And it was it was this mental relief because suddenly like men weren't looking at me or I wasn't have to having to analyze like everywhere I stopped looking around um you know to see right well who's in there can I go in there you know like who's who's watching me he and when they when we sort of broke off I suddenly it all came back and I was like and I was having to pay so much more attention to my surroundings and my environment and to make these split second decisions you know who you meet up with who you're sharing a a room with or who you know who you're chatting to in the bar do I trust them am I safe with them all of this analysis and it's this it is this fear and it is so that you know don't know there's lots of different uh barriers and elements that, that make women scared and fearful and some of them are external and some of them are internal um I think also for a lot of women it's uh, for me certainly I, I, I obviously I try not to generalize because it is different for, for all women because you know look I'm white middle class um it, it's very different if you're if you're a black woman brown woman you know from a minority it will definitely you know be completely different and um but from from my perspective it's those fears of judgment or well, what are people going to think of me mm. like what what are they thinking about me um so I think that there's a lot of different routes which sort of filter into this these levels of fear and it's it's never one thing and sometimes you've just got to chip away at the one barrier which is stopping you sometimes it's also it's things like it's um it's a lack of knowledge but that's not from a negative place that's from a lack of opportunity that you Mm. haven't been exposed to these things you know I was very fortunate I I was doing Duke of Edinburgh when I was 14 15 16 years old and so I, I was already sort of opened up to that world I knew about backpacking camping and hiking I'd, I'd had these experiences or you know if you've been a member of the, the girl guides or the scouts you'd have these opportunities but if you haven't then you know it's a very it's another barrier that you have to have to end up overcoming so yeah multifaceted mm. very different depending on the on the individual but yeah sorry I've gone a complete tangent you, there you so I've got, no, no, it's you. fascinating and you know I had a, a bit of a teary moment there because I I I know that although I had um a lovely childhood where I was able to kind of run off into the fields and go walking if I wanted to I also did grow up with those uh messages of oh no you shouldn't do that and and mind that and and watch watch where you're going because uh, these people are around and and other things like well you know don't get don't go near the ditches because there's a there's a man in there that will come and pull pull your legs down and and it was these are uh, stories that are passed on through families and you know that message that I was told was told to me to keep me away from the ditch that if I fall in it it might be harmful so it's told as a story but actually that then created a huge fear in me of these still waters because the Somerset ditches are like ditches not like ditches we have everywhere else they're, they're really wide and and deep and still and they're covered with duckweed and they're just they're just yeah quite freaky but so yeah that that has only been recently that I've realized that where that's where that fear comes from so yeah these messages are, are very powerful and we don't realize what we're doing with our children it, when we tell even, them even with little little girls like well, don't get dirty don't mm. don't do that don't ooh, you know you they're just treated different yes. differently than little boys, which were maybe encouraged to take on more more risks and more more adventure. Absolutely. So, do you have a role model yourself, Sarah? Somebody that you look to for inspiration or for advice? And I mean, it might be a physical mentor, somebody that you speak to on a regular or ad hoc basis, or it might just be somebody that you follow in in the media or in social media is there somebody that 
gives you inspiration because you are massively inspirational for us but, <laughs> but who inspires you <laughs> I have I mean so so many women inspire me like the the women that I've interviewed the stories that they've shared are just awe-inspiring like um what they've done what they've achieved is is incredible and it's always really difficult to single somebody out mm. but I definitely I had this connection almost straight away I I got introduced to Rosie Swale Pope who's this wonderful 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 lady and um I remember the first time I spoke to her in like November 2019 and it was or maybe a couple of months beforehand and it was nothing like I'd ever experienced because Rosie just talks and shares and and she she likes to talk and you know I I, I like to talk but I also I, you know I love to listen as well and you know hearing her speak and, and Rosie was running from Brighton over to Kathmandu in Nepal she at the time she was 73 74 years young and she's run around the world and she's done all these crazy amazing adventures and we just I don't know we just really connected listening to her and I think I was just so inspired by Rosie's life and what she'd done and I was you mentioned the Lycian Way so I was out in Turkey at that time and I finished the Lycian Way and we and Rosie was in Istanbul so we went so I was with my with my friend Kat and we went and met Rosie and it was just this I don't know it was just it was like meeting like a kindred spirit and just somebody who's just so full of love and joy and optimism and her way of living her way of looking at the world and how she you know she had her we went on this night out and she she sleeps in this little cart called like ice chick and she her train she leaves her trainers outside and in the morning she woke up and she messaged me saying oh Sarah somebody's stolen my trainers and obviously she needs her trainers to run it just doesn't phase it anyway she eventually she came across the guy who was wearing her trainers but Rosie's so kind her thought process is not how it impacts me but it's like well he needed shoes that's why he took them it wasn't from a negative place it was um it was from this place of just you know almost survival and so eventually I think she she got her trainers back but like you know either bought him a pair of shoes or gave him a pair of Wellington boots or you know something that she had um but just had had joy in for, for living and we carried on we kept in contact after that and we would speak on the phone and have these little you know whatsapp chats and um Rosie eventually ended up coming back to the to the UK because of because of COVID and then she ended up this was in 2020 she ended up running the jog so from Land's End to John O'Groats and as she was running up it was during September and I was like Rosie you've got to come and stay she was like I'd love to come and stay and, and meet your wonderful family and so she came and stayed for my for my birthday in um was that last year yeah I think it, I think it was yes. last year yeah and so you know Rosie came to stay and she's met my family and you know she's she's just this incredible woman who's just just amazing and so we do have these like regular conversations and I did like another Facebook live interview with her so she's she's just an incredible role model and I think part of that is because I want to be that fit I want to be that healthy I want to be that strong I want to be that resilient when I'm in my 70s that is the type of life that I want to be living and and she's just somebody yeah I'm, I'm probably just saying the same things over again because she's so so inspiring the other lady as well who, who I've spoken to a few times I wouldn't say that she's like She's not like my mentor, but I think I really want her to be. But I haven't sort of uh, got the courage to say, look, can we speak on a more regular mm. basis? But um, is Ros Savage. And Ros Savage was uh, the first woman to row the, the Indian Ocean, the Atlantic Ocean, the Pacific Ocean. And and I think one of the things that I love about her story is, is I see myself in her as well. So she worked in, um, she was a management consultant until she was 38. So slightly older than me before she sort of packed it all in and made this massive change in her life. But I look at her and what she's done and think, well, I've always got like a five year head start on her and you know, look what she's achieved and with the books that she's written, the work that she's done, the challenges that she's done. I, I love how, again, how she's lived her, her life, this very sort of alternative life. Mm. And so I think for, for me, like Roz and Rosie are very, very inspiring, definitely sort of role models. But actually, I haven't, I wouldn't say that I've properly got like a full on mentor, but it is something that I would love to to have. I almost feel as though not that I'm breaking new ground in this area, but because we're almost with the podcast and the adventures, like podcasting is so sort of new and, and, and neat. There's sort of nobody else. I mean, there are other people doing it now, but there's nobody sort of like, I, well, I don't think who are like ahead of me. And I don't, I don't think it, I know it's not a race and it's not about comparison. Um, and so I sort of look to mentors as more of a, around like the adventure piece mm. and around how they choose to live their life. But yeah, I, I'm so lucky because my social media is amazing. Like I know there's a lot of 
rubbish that goes on in social media but mine's just full of these amazing women like all women doing challenges and adventures and cycling and swimming the English channel and doing sailing and running and planning and preparing and and it's just it's just like a, this massive inspiration fest where it's just like oh that sounds good and oh my goodness oh, you get wow, so much from that. watching them do that don't, yeah and, yeah and so just filling your social media with those sort of people not the people that are hanging their dirty washing out <laughs> you know on the line um but it's the people the people that are inspiring you with their zest for life really yeah. you know they're, they're I want to do this their ability to but things like you, you know 100 100 mappy days and you know, <laughs> yes. watching you grow with head right out and how that's grown and, and developed from like from the initial idea to, to where it is now and it's amazing even um you know Frankie Frankie Duar um with um Extraordinary Ordinary You mm. you like seeing that journey that that she's gone on um and Joe Mosley you know, with the paddle boarding and inspiring women over the age of 50 and then starting her, her podcast there's so many women who it just seems to be exploding but just in such a positive way and mm. my challenge is I don't know if it is if it is actually sort of exploding and getting bigger and more women are doing this or I'm just so immersed in the world that that's all I see so I don't know if my blinkers are on and maybe it isn't as big as I think it is so I, I think I, I, I think I'm in the same place as you because I've said to a couple of people in the past that I've you know people I've either met on the towpath or people I've been chatting to elsewhere and I said oh yeah it's this these really famous people or this this really well-known woman that's doing xyz you know Rosie Swell Pope for example and they say who so what do you mean you don't know her <laughs> I read Rosie's book probably four years ago now um and then Mike read it as well and we were just completely blown away by her that was the first time I'd, I'd actually read or heard anything about Rosie and and yes I've been following her ever since and would totally agree that she is an absolute inspiration I, I don't want to keep using reusing this word inspiration but it is there are, there are so many women out there who just fill you with that kick that nudge that poke that you need it's like oh gosh if they can do this why can't I you know I really need to be able to jump into that arena and and give it a go because there are so many things that I have said to myself in the past oh no I couldn't do that and then it's like well why couldn't you Zoe why couldn't you so yes and I love it that there are so many women out there that are that are telling us that message that are giving us that message of support and encouragement to to go ahead and do it I can say I think this is the power of women's voices because for so long especially with like you know it's always the power of the internet because for so long with like mainstream media the radio the tv the newspaper what was um what we were exposed to was who had the power and the control of, of the mainstream media, which was white men. And so women's voices weren't being heard. Their stories mm. weren't being shared. And so actually with the internet, you know, the middle men have been removed. You know, women can start blogs. They can share their social media. You can't get on the radio. You can start a podcast. Women aren't being on TV. You start a YouTube channel. Mm. You can take control of the narrative and the stories because I, I want to hear women's stories. I want to hear women's voices. I am desperate to hear these things because to think, you know, growing up in the 80s and 90s, it was just men's stories, men's voices, history, his story um, that we that women and girls grow up with. And we need these voices. We need the films, the books, everything, because Stacey Copeland said it best, you know, if you can't see it, you can't become it. And, I, and I'd almost follow that on if you can't. Well, how did they do it? It's, it's brilliant seeing women in these positions, but actually it's the how. How did they do it? Like, how did they pay for it? How did they decide on the challenge? What did they do when they did fail? Like, how do they deal with all those setbacks? And so, yeah, women's voices for the yes, win. Definitely. <laughs> so what, even though you might not have a personal mentor, I still think that, you know, we can have mentors that are from afar you know they might not know there are mentors but they they definitely are so what would you say was the best piece of advice or quote that you you might have ever gained from one of those women that inspire you is there something that that sticks with you I think one of the well there's a couple of things um one is um, about I don't necessarily, I don't, I don't, annoyingly, I don't think this is from a woman. I think this is from, this is from a man. So okay. somebody else who's inspired me, maybe more like the marketing side and building, building a business, building a brand is this guy, I think I mentioned a few years called Gary Vaynerchuk. Yes. And the, the key thing that I remember thinking about was just 
about having to think long term like and and I think Tony Robbins said it you know people overestimate what they can achieve in a year and underestimate what they can achieve in a decade and I think that's really helped me to view things from this really sort of long-term perspective as in I used to be very very impatient many years ago you know I wanted I decide what I want I wanted to go after it and I expected it to happen like straight away and I couldn't understand why you know things weren't happening and now I've probably sort of matured or my patience level has grown to quite a set to an extent where I know things that they do take time and so I think for me one of the biggest things is just having this long-term perspective so I don't think in for tough guys challenges I've never thought in terms of just a couple of years I've always thought of like what's it going to be like in 10 years and 15 years time when I've got a thousand episodes of the tough girl podcast when women are like well I want to go to visit the polls okay well I've spoken to every woman who's been to the polls who's alive or they want to go and cycle the transcontinental I've spoken to all the women who've done it women who've you know they've got these stories and that and we can also like follow their their journey as well so it's been to women the, for example, like Anna McNuff speaking to her after her New Zealand cycle and then speaking to her after her South American adventure and speaking to her after her Barefoot Britain challenge. So there's almost this historical journey that can be tracked as well for these women to see Look, they didn't just end up climbing Mount Everest. Like this is how they started. This is their journey. This is their progress. And so thinking long term, being patient, I think that's that's probably the best advice that I've ever heard is you know be patient show up every day there's a great book as well which sort of links in with this it's called the slight edge and I, I always forget the author's name uh jeff jeff something or other we can and find it, is it. Bas- yeah but it's basically about being consistent like like you said at the start is showing up every day it's um you know putting out the episodes putting out the content being proactive on social media in- engaging so i've said that Again, but yeah, being patient, yeah. thinking long term, I think is incredibly powerful because, you know, even, you know, head right out, where are you going to be in 10 years time? Like, it's it's amazing to think about, you know, with the, with the podcast now, so in 2021, you know, you could have the, you know, well, I'm trying to do my mental math, you know, one episode a week, like you could have you know, 500 episodes out. Wow. <laughs> you know, that's more women that you've connected with and shared with and more stories that have been told, the more voices that have, that have gone out there. And I think that's sometimes what keeps me going is that is that thinking long term and also thinking about like the legacy I want to leave behind. So that yeah. legacy, if you I mean, what you were saying then, it's, you know, something just clicked in my head and, and it, it wasn't the word legacy, but it was it was like library, it was wealth, wealth of information, you know, you're not just inspiring the women of today, it's the women of the future, it's the the young girls, it's the the children that haven't even been born, and, and having, having that hub, that place that people can go to, to hear those stories, that wealth of information is, is just absolutely um, imperative, we need that, we definitely need that. I didn't know that about like the Appalachian Trail or the Continental Trail Divide or that women could go and cycle Pacific Coast. I didn't know about these adventures and challenges. And now I think growing up, hopefully these young girls who are, you know, 17, 18, you know, maybe want to take gap years or, you know, making these decisions about their life. They can listen to these women think, actually, you know what? I don't need to go to straight on to university. I don't need to get a job doing this. Actually, I can follow my passions and my interests and have faith that it will all turn out right in the end and yeah I just it's it's exciting for me that girls are going to grow up with these these voices and also being able to see their role models on tv and watch them on youtube I think it just it just opens so many doors so yeah it's it's exciting really exciting time and you are definitely flying that flag Sarah so fabulous right I'm going to switch now into a a Mm. different tone so I turned 50 this year And there is also another big birthday this year (laughs) in the same year. In fact, this week we are recording this uh, today. Is it the 8th? It must be. Yes, it's the 8th of September today, 2021. And in two days time, there's a, a rather big event happening. Sarah Williams. Sarah, what happens on Friday? Well, it's the 10th of September and I'm turning 40. Yay! Yeah. It's it's amazing, and I'm so I'm so happy and content and excited because also I don't know how turning thirty was for you, but for turning thirty for me was just the most horrendous experience. Like I, I was, it was awful. 
Like I wasn't where I wanted to be in my life. I just, you know, felt like this must be why aren't why aren't I married? Why don't I have kids? What you know, all of this sort of thing. And obviously I wasn't very content with with other areas of, of, of my life. And and for me now, like turning 40, at A to honest, I think it's actually it's a real privilege to age. Like I've really thought about this a lot, you know, especially you know, when you lose friends, when, when, um, like I lost, um, a good friend, like when I was 18 and, you know, losing friends throughout the years and you think, wow, it's actually, it's a privilege to get to this age. It's a mm-hmm. privilege to, to grow older, but even more so it's just, it's where my life is now. So things that I dreamed about, you know, all those years ago when I was in South America on these buses about the type of life that I wanted to lead, I am leading that life like I have designed this life that works for me and I do get to go out on these adventures and challenges and I can work from anywhere in the world as long as I have wi-fi and a laptop and a mobile mm. phone I'm I'm super good and so I just feel so content happy uh joyful just really just in a really really good space and just also just really excited about the next decade like just wanting to be strong fit and, and healthy and spend the next sort of 10 years just really maximizing life and challenges and getting out there and just you know living life to to the full and living life on on my terms and having this freedom of choice and freedom of where to go it's so yeah turning 40 is just it's 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 an honor like uh, I'm like I don't know like <laughs> that, that makes me so happy to hear because you know there are so many women that I, I see it on social media you know they're they're saying oh my gosh I'm hitting 40 or, oh my gosh I'm hitting 50 particularly this year because my school year you know we all hit our 50th this year or kind of end of last year and for the most part most people are enjoying it and and realizing that there's absolutely no difference but you know there are some that are like oh my gosh I, I'm over the hill or I've and, and it's, it's just trying to say to them, no you're not this is just the start this is this is the start of the next chapter the next stage and and you, what you've done is you've set yourself up to transition into that stage uh, with a, a positive attitude and with making sure all, you've got all your tools there. And it's such an exciting time. And, and that's what really, I mean, I wanted to have you on the podcast ages ago anyway, but uh, I had decided in my head that I I wanted to interview midlife women, midlife and up. Um, and y- you you weren't 40 at that point. And I thought, well, here we go. This is an ideal opportunity to introduce you to midlife with, you know, and introduce you to other midlife women and other younger women who are going to be looking forward to coming into midlife. And uh, you know, with such positivity. So yes, it, happy birthday in advance. for for friday thank you um so let's talk about then what you've been doing for the last couple of months actually for the last month and coming on into september so i know that your your series your adventure series is to celebrate the sixth birthday of the tough girl podcast but i'm assuming it's it's kind of around your birthday as well to help celebrate your 40th birthday would you like to talk well i've got something else for my 40th which i haven't Ooh. shared but I'll, I'll, i can share that with you oh that's exciting a nugget <laughs> oh, it, oh it is it's, it's a real gem actually but also wouldn't it be amazing if we when we speak again maybe in like 10 years time when i'm turning 50 to be able to reflect back on like the next sort of 10 year journey I think that will be so exciting we'll aim um, to do a birthday bonus every 10 years yes that, was, that, would just, that would be incredible because it would just reflect on on the journey but I mean the tough girl obviously you know obviously it's, uh, 2020 was just such a tough year and I I you know very fortunately I, I started my year in Australia walking the overland track and then in March I literally flew back into the country before I think sort of got got locked down and so there hasn't been any travel and adventure for me for obviously quite a long time and and for me I wanted to be double vaccinated I wanted it to be you know more appropriate for me to to go and travel and adventure and I'd a part of my way of coping was planning adventures and challenges and I was looking around like the UK of the different walks and the national trails and there's a, there's a huge amount to do especially in the UK with even if you're just walking and cycling and 
everything else. And, and I've been thinking a lot about, I, I haven't really adventured that much in the UK. Because as, as you probably know, I hate the cold weather. And our UK summers are sometimes not the best. You have like four days no. of sunshine and then it's like <laughs> rain and grey skies. But it all basically all came together. I, how did it come together? Well, actually, it also links to Rosie because um, I'd been invited to this running festival called Run Fest Run, which was down in Winchester. And Rosie, uh, when she's not traveling, she lives on like the South Downs way. And so I was thinking, oh, wouldn't it be lovely to catch up with Rosie on the way? And then I was thinking, oh, well, I could walk the South Downs way. That would be pretty great. And then I was just Googling around you know, other walks in Winchester. And it came up on um, like on the Cicerone website about the Pilgrims, the Pilgrims way. And that goes from Winchester to I was gonna say Eastbourne, but it's not to Canterbury. And then I have a friend in London who I wanted to catch up. And then I realized, oh, my auntie, she lives in Guildford. And so that's literally on the way so you know things start I I believe in um like serendipity when things start to fit together and I the um I've been wanting to do um, a walk with another girl called Alex Mason who's a phenomenal adventurer and hiker and we've been in contact for many years but never actually met and we were we were talking about doing like walking the jog in April of, of this year but you know timing didn't work and COVID was still like all over the place so that didn't come across and so I just mentioned to her, I was like, hey, I'm thinking of doing the Anglesey Coastal Path. Would you be free? She was like, yes. She was coming. She just walked Hadrian's Wall. So she was coming back down. And so it all started to come together. So we ended up walking the Anglesey Coastal Path, which was incredible and beautiful and, and amazing with this stunning scenery and you know, wild camping and you know, the sort of this seven, eight day adventure, which was, to be honest, pretty brutal because I'd had, I hadn't had my backpack on for quite a while. And so, you know, the first couple of days when you, your body's like adapting and feeling like super sore. So um, we did the Anglesey Coastal Path and I'm filming it and vlogging it as well. So that all these videos will be coming out in the next couple of months. But it's just nice to be, to be honest, to be out in nature again and to be around people and to and to be walking and to feel as though, to be honest, I like achieving things. And so to feel as though I'm actually achieving something. So, yeah, so I've just finished my third, my third trail. Um, so I've done the Anglesey Coastal Path. I walked the South Downs Way, 100 miles from Eastbourne to Winchester. And I've just come back from the Pilgrim's Way, which was, you know, really, really beautiful and, and stunning. And uh, so I have a little bit of a break. And then I'll be heading up to Scotland to walk the West Highland Way, climb Ben Nevis, and then do the Great Glen Way. But I mentioned about sort of, for my 40th and I've been thinking a lot about this and I'm thinking by the time I reach the Great Glen Way I'm going to be pretty fit like like I feel like I felt pretty strong and fit I did a little bit of running actually with my pack which was awesome on the Pilgrim's Way and I was thinking well the Great Glen Way is basically 78 miles running from Fort William over to Inverness and it's pretty flat and I was thinking well maybe when I finish that I've got two options and I'm always actually I'm, I'm going to talk about them because I think it's a powerful way of getting the story out there I was thinking could I do the Great Glen Way in a day could I like, when I mean, when I say a day I mean like continuously so just start at like four or five in the morning and just see how long it takes me to walk 78 miles so that was option one which I don't mm. know is just ridiculous because the longest I've ever done is is when I ran like 52 miles on, on American Desarves and then the other option I was thinking of is wouldn't it be awesome to maybe do 40 miles like that's I don't know that seems more attainable more real maybe a little bit more realistic and then like you know to celebrate my 40 40th birthday walking 40 miles on the Great Glenway this is after I've already, I will have already walked it in one direction so I will have finished all the six challenges this is just for for fun an extra <laughs> even more an extra and then I was thinking well try- I could try both of them so I could say yeah like start with the 40 milers see how I get on see how my body's doing and then see if I'm like okay let's just push on just go for it <laughs> and well, you know it's, and like, it's like an ultra marathon yeah just go it? for it it is like an ultra marathon yeah. and and there are people who walk but a continuous. ultra marathons continuous yeah. yes I, I that sounds amazing and I don't see any reason why you won't be able to achieve that well, I shouldn't give a go yeah yeah yeah, definitely. Well, the, the 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 challenge is more it's having the backpack because the my the, but I buy my backpack is pretty. I've got pretty lightweight equipment because I'd have my tent and sleeping mm. gear and all of that sort of stuff with me, so it wouldn't properly be fast packing. But as long as my food wasn't too heavy and I kept my water weight down, would I'd you be able to get regular water on the way? Would um, you consider doing it supported? Not? Or do you want to do it unsupported? Do you want to just get, go yeah, back and carry really. on? I want to do it unsupported. I don't. 
Yeah, I, I suppose I just don't like having to rely on other people, if that makes sense, where mm. it's just like, I want it to be about me, like just me having to figure this out and having that internal battle, like, oh, Sarah, your feet are hurting and you're in pain. Like, you should stop, just put, stop, put your tent off. And then the other Sarah sort of say, no, carry on, you're committed. Walk yes. the 40 miles yes. and then finish it. It's like, oh, how are you feeling? Check in with myself and then carry on. So this that's what I'm thinking because I need to go back to Fort William anyway. So, yeah. The dog's barking again. <laughs> I don't know what's going on out there. We, oh. It's like, it's a pack. They're excited. They're excited about they my so challenge and adventure. They're excited about your adventure. <laughs> I think they're hounds. They they look like, yeah. Oh, I can hear them now quite, yeah. I mean, we normally get interruptions with a dog barking, but this is like a pack of them. <laughs> but yes, I think they are hugely excited about your, your plans. I think that sounds wonderful. And it's it's got to be something that you can... <clears throat> They're gone. It's got to be something that you can just go with and say, right, I'm, I can do this. And then at the, at the point where you think, actually, do you know what? No, I can't do it anymore. Like, as you said, you can then battle, you can negotiate, you can self-coach, you can talk yourself through. And I think that's, you know, as we both know, that's where the biggest learning in our lives happens. And, and you know, we could say that Sarah Williams has done X, Y, Z and ABC, you know, over the last seven years of challenges. What more is, has she got to challenge herself with? But we are we have always got things to challenge oh. ourselves, haven't we? And it I don't I think that's what I've learned is that there is never an end to raising that bar and and challenging yourself and seeing how far you can go, just stepping just that little bit further beyond what you're capable of each time. And I love that you having completed all these six challenges when you've done it, are still looking to make that challenge stretch a little bit further just to see what you're capable of okay so this is fabulous um I am kind of thinking that we we need to wrap up a little bit now but there's there's some things I want to ask you and one of them in particular is what do you fear because Sarah Sarah that I know is resilient she is confident she's she's a go-getter she's a I'm gonna do this I'm um, you know come what may I'm gonna have a go at this uh, and just see what happens so it but are there things that you fear and if so how do you how do you deal with them it's such, such a good question and I do think about this a lot and I don't know if I necessarily have fears or it's more like I just have very strong dislikes so mm. I hate being cold and wet but it's not it's not a fear of mine, like, because I've been cold and wet, and I know I can handle it. I just really dislike it and find it very unpleasant. It's not something that I would ever choose to do or but like on the Anxiety Coast path, like it rained for three out of four out of the seven days or whatever. What do I fear? Like, I don't know. And I don't know that I, that's not a good answer, because I don't think there's anything that I necessarily fear. Like, I mean, there's things which I've thought about, but then I choose not to think about them anymore. Like, I'm fearful of being in a situation like a natural environment situation that I can't control. So being caught in a fire Mm. or, you know, being in an avalanche type situation. Yeah. I think it's in terms of things, which you're in the wrong situation at the wrong time. For example, if you were, you know, Everest base camp when the, when the earthquake happened, I think, but, but again, I'm not, I don't, I'm not, am I fearful of that? I'm, because also that's something I don't have any control over. So there's no point being fearful of something I have no control over. Um, I don't think I have a good answer to this question because that's- I don't think I'm necessarily fearful of, not of anything, I'm sure I am, like fear. But no, sorry. I, <laughs> I that's I okay. I, think, I yeah. think actually what you've said, Sarah, makes a lot of sense because it might be that you're not fearful what you're doing you've you've reframed what would be fear for other people you've reframed it as something else and so so you ignore it or you if you can't change it because for example some people might not choose to travel to a country where earthquakes happen a lot because they don't want to get caught caught up in an earthquake 
but you know if you're going to do that you you know you might end up not going to japan or or san francisco for example because there are you know records of many earthquakes there but you're saying well actually it's not in my control so therefore i don't worry about it so you, you your reframing of that fear means that it's no longer a fear I think, I, I think if, that's pretty accurate, yeah, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Because there are situations that you you can end up in who, which it's just bad timing. Like mm. you're in the wrong place at the wrong time. Like when I was, we were talking about this the other day, actually. When when I was 20, I was over in New York before the Twin Towers. So I was actually in right opposite the buildings when they came down in like I was in New Jersey and I was meant to be flying out on like the the 12th of September and couldn't actually get in contact with my because all the phone lines were down wasn't able to connect with my parents, was stuck in um, like the New, New Jersey, yeah, New, New Jersey side. Mm. Like, what what do we do? And it, I mean, I think I was too young to really sort of understand it, but that's wrong time, wrong place. Like, mm. and, and, you know, you've got no control over that. You've got the only thing you can control is like your actions, maybe like around that, around the, how you respond to the situation. Sounds to me like you've got a good toolbox. You've got, uh, you've mm. got everything, all the equipment you need in there to handle what life throws at you. And I think that's really healthy. Um, oh, I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, it's, it's, it's amazing. Okay. So the final question, and this is the question that I ask everybody, Sarah, is do you have a head right out moment? I'm collecting moments. I'm collecting scenarios or situations where you've been in that place where you've really had to step out your comfort zone. It might not have been something that you were frightened of necessarily, but have you had to step out of your comfort zone? And and are you able to kind of recall and retell that for us, for the benefit of our listeners? Yeah, I think one of the so when I first started with Tough Girl Challenges, I wanted to sort of launch myself onto the adventure scene. And one of the ways to do that is to take on this big, scary physical challenge. And like I mentioned before, you know, I'd run multiple marathons before. I'd run London Marathon like five times. So I knew that 26.2 miles was massively inside my, my comfort zone. But running further than that and running multiple back-to-back marathons um, and across the Sahara Desert was something which was so far outside my comfort zone that you know it scared me I got the butterflies in my stomach and but my head right out moment was 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 how I messed up so the first time round, I was meant to do this in 2015 and I ended up overtraining chronic fatigue bed bound like my hair was falling out I had severe acne on my face and my shoulders Um, my weight was was dropping my left eye was deteriorating like I'd had like a panic attack like there's a lot going on sort of health wise and and I I was still thinking that I'd be able to go ahead and do this race and you have to get like an ECG done and you have to get a doctor's note and a sign off and it was literally like you cannot do this race like you are not well enough to do this race and but mentally I'm like yes I can but like I mean I couldn't physically I was I was in I you know I was exhausted if I brushed my teeth that was a massive achievement for the whole mm. day. Like I would go downstairs to eat dinner with my sunglasses on because it was too bright. Like I would literally go down, eat food, get up back to bed and I was done. But for me, the the head right out moment was, was once I was better living with this fear that if I pushed myself physically too hard, that I was going to revert back to that space where I was. And that's, that scared me. That worried me because I'd never wanted to return to, to feeling that ill and that tired and that demotivated and that and that run down and um, I postponed the race for a year and luckily I had insurance that was all good but going for the race again for me it changed in my head the space where I wanted to be it wasn't about finishing the race for me it was actually just getting to the start line just getting to the start line fit strong and and healthy and that was a key moment just getting to the start line and then I just enjoyed myself for the race and we had a brilliant time and loved it and you know I was in my element running in the sunshine and the heat but it was also finishing the race and getting the medal around around my neck that was another drawing a line in the sand moment whereas I think I'd proven to myself well Sarah you stepped outside your comfort zone you 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 headed out there you got yourself in that mental space where you could do it you could you did push your body you pushed your body hard you ran multiple marathons you ran that 52 miles in a day and actually you're not broken you're you're still fit you're still strong and actually this this is your new starting point this is your new 
your new life that you want to build. You can do big physical challenges. And so I think those were really probably those two moments, like that first initial failure almost and then having to step up again to put myself back in the same situation and be feeling that scared and worried about what if I do revert back and then not reverting back and accepting that actually I can do this and being I know just really proud of myself and just thinking yeah do you know what I've done I've done really well in this situation and um, yeah this is my cheesy as it sounds this is my new life this is my new way of living and it's just exciting and wonderful and joyful and yay <laughs> it sounds it sounds pivotal absolutely pivotal yeah. that moment and I, I think what I've learned over the years now particularly in teaching is that those moments of I don't like saying failure but those moments of where things didn't go as we planned are such massive learning stages and so many women and girls don't want to face those they don't want to be uh, in touch with that failure side that they don't want to feel like they've you know it's all gone wrong but those are the most important times and what you've just recounted to us is that that is a building block for success and and so many times you know we have tried to do something and it's not gone the way we wanted it to we have then just gradually built up to a place where we can because we've then got the knowledge and you you had the knowledge about your body and what you were capable of and yeah what you knew you shouldn't be doing <laughs> with, yeah, the, with yeah. the overtraining is yeah it's, it's an, an amazing story and I love that story of your the marathon de Saab's training you know first time round and second time round so thank you thank you so much for sharing that well Sarah we've come to the end of our conversation I'm sure. No, are... let's keep let's keep on talking. <laughs> we probably will after this, but I'm, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of women listening to this that would love to know if they don't already know you, where they can find out more about you. Where should they go? Oh, please go and visit toughguardchallenges.com. It is basically the main central hub. There is more information about me and my different challenges, but it's also uh, like like Zoe mentioned before, this, this library and this resource of incredible women and their stories. And you can it's broken down by year, but just scroll through and you will find these cyclists and runners and, and sailors. And oh, I'm, I'm trying to forget who else of it, like rugby players and boxers and kickboxers and athletes and Olympians and grandmas and, and just incredible <laughs> women. So, you know, have a look through their stories. Um, but if you visit toughgirlchallenges.com, all of the information is there. New episodes of the podcast go live every Tuesday and Thursday at 7 a.m. UK time. So if you follow me on Instagram at Tough Girl Challenges, you know, you will literally be bombarded with amazing women doing awesome challenges. So if you're needing that little bump, that little added extra inspiration and motivation, then you can, you know, find it on the Tough Girl podcast. And it's all free to listen to. So Brilliant. there's probably over four, 450, 470-odd episodes now out there. So amazing. That's a lot of me, a lot of me, my, a lot of my voice, a lot of my content. <laughs> and a lot of other people as well. And it's it is fabulous. And this is my opportunity to say thank you to you, Sarah, for starting me off on my podcast journey because you introduced me to listening to podcasts. You then introduced me to speaking on podcasts when you invited me to come and be a guest on the Tough Girl podcast back in 2017, I think that was, uh, and then again a couple of years later, and and then you kept encouraging me and you know just sowing that seed that I I could do this myself. You know you should start a podcast, you should, and you just kept telling me this, and eventually, eventually, it's like yes, I've, I've got to do this. So thank you, Sarah. You yes, I've got you to thank for this. Well, oh, no, thank you. And massive well done on starting your podcast. I'm so <laughs> proud of you. I was just to say, I always remember um I ran that workshop in 2018 and I remember hearing you speak for the first time and I was literally just blown away by your story and your voice and your storytelling. And even then I was thinking, you have to start a podcast. <laughs> oh bless you. Thank you. Well, Sarah Williams, thank you so much for coming on the Head Rise Night podcast. I nearly said the Tough Girl podcast then. <laughs> And have, <laughs> and have a very, very happy birthday on Friday. Happy 40th. Welcome to midlife. Uh, you are going to absolutely smash it, I know. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. It's been, oh, it's been awesome chatting to you and just so much fun. And bring on midlife. Like, oh my God, I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fabulous.
my goodness, I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. It, we had such a blast talking. And when Sarah and I get together, we always chat a lot. And yeah, it, it just felt so fulfilling and so rich to be able to go over some of those things with her. Now, apologies for the sound quality. This is the nature of living on an arrowboat. We we do get disturbances from time to time, which we can't help. Uh, unfortunately, I also have a mobile router, which means that my Wi-Fi is mobile. It's not connected, you know, hardwired in. So occasionally it does dip in and out. Uh, I'd hoped that it was going to be a little bit stronger than that that particular day. I'm now recording in a room in a house. So I've moved location uh, to do this little recording. And unfortunately, <laughs> we have got a different sound quality again because it's echoing. I'm trying to avoid that happening, but we're here for a few weeks now, so I need to obviously work on trying to get that particular sound ambience right in here. So my takeaways from that recording... I find Sarah's willingness to try new things and her honesty about why she isn't fearful of doing new stuff to be truly thought-provoking. I think the key there is that she may feel fear or she might be uncertain about doing stuff, but she knows how to deal with it instead of closing the door on a potential opportunity. And that's what I love and why I've been advocating the Tough Girl podcast for so long now. I just find that my inspiration tank gets refueled so many times by the Tough Girl podcast. So why wouldn't I want to shout about it? And of course, the lovely Sarah. So the next two episodes of the Head Right Out podcast will be with Helen Jenkins, who is the founder of Blorange Sup here in South Wales. That's a smashing little episode. And we've also got Cherry Hamrick, who is an uber adventurous 73-year-old who has been walking every day now for hundreds, and I mean literally hundreds of days. So I hope you will join us for that. Don't forget to hit the follow button or subscribe in whichever podcast app you are listening to this to. I would love for you to share the podcast with a friend to help us grow. And as we were talking about multi-day hikes today with Sarah, if you are thinking about going off on a multi-day hike yourself, I would love to recommend for you to head over see what I did there, to the Head Right Out website uh, where you can download a free guide from me called Packing for a Multi-Day Hike. I list in there all the things that I carry when I go off on my own long distance adventures and there is a kit list with all of the weights of the items as well. Okay, hopefully you will find that useful. So we're going to finish with a quote from Sarah from the episode that you've just listened to. This is my takeaway quote, which I just resonate with 100%. Go on a long distance walk. Be alone. Know that you can survive and get through it. It's so empowering. And that's how you build that confidence, knowing you can go out there and look after yourself. You've got the tools and the skills to do it. Amen. Hallelujah. 100%. Thank you, Sarah Williams. Okay, well, that's it from me for this episode. Thank you for tuning in and listening to the Head Right Out podcast. And I hope to see you next time. Take care. Head Right Out hugs to you all. Mwah.